Let me see you put them up Reach the sky, touch the stars up above Cause it's one time for the underdog I'm Patrick Bidevi, host of ITM, and today we're going to talk about a topic you keep hearing about, you know, on all these political debates about minimum wage, and I'm going to take a complete different angle that maybe you have never seen before. The first thing I want to do is I want to study the history of minimum wage and what kind of presidents raised the minimum wage. More Democrats, more Republicans, how did it work out? And you're going to be shell-shocked what Barack Obama and Ronald Reagan have in common when it comes down to raising the minimum wage. Pretty strange thing, but let's get right into it. October 1938, FDR introduces the minimum wage for the first time in America, 25 cents per hour, which is in today's dollars, $4 an hour. A year later, he raises it again as a Democrat, raised it twice, Truman twice as a Democrat, Eisenhower once as a Republican, Kennedy twice as a Democrat, Johnson twice as a Democrat, Nixon once, Ford twice, Carter four times during one term, which during his time, the economy in America was in shambles. It cost him the re-election. Ronald Reagan gets elected, wins 49 out of 50 states. And you ready? Ronald Reagan never once raised minimum wage and the economy blew up during his time. George Bush Sr. raised the minimum wage twice as a Republican. Clinton twice as a Democrat. GW, the son, twice as a Republican. Ready? Barack Obama is the only Democratic president that was a two-term president who raised the minimum wage only once. Since FDR, let me say this again, he is the only Democratic president that raised the minimum wage only once in two terms, and the market still recovered. Minimum wage to me is a myth. I'll explain why. Living wage is math. Market value is a path. Let me explain. Minimum wage is a myth. How do these politicians come up with $15 an hour? I actually want to know. How did you come up with it? And is $15 an hour in one city the same as $15 an hour in another city? Watch this. First of all, $15 an hour at 40 hours a week, 52 weeks in a year is $31,200. That's poverty level is what you're making. So $15 an hour doesn't affect anybody. By the way, I run a business. I have nearly 100 employees here that work for me in the state of Texas. My minimum wage for Texas is only $7.25. There's only two people I pay less than $15 an hour, and they pay $13 an hour. They've only been with me for 60 days. I want talent to expect more, and I want a better pool of people coming here, right? But that's a choice, not by force. I don't pay $7.20. I would never pay $7.20 because I want my employees to be able to have a good life. They survive. They perform better for me. Not by force by choice. But watch this. Let's talk about this minimum wage. 15 times 40 times 52 is $31,200. Living wage is a mathematical formula. There's an organization out there called Economic Policy Institute, EPI. You can click on a link below, and when you go to this website, you can pick whatever city you want to live in to find out what is the living wage, cost of living, in that city based on the economy of that city, the cost of living of that city. You see, that I trust because it's basic math and data versus minimum wages, $15 an hour. These people, we need to pay more. It's not enough pay. And some people that are naive, they're like, oh my gosh, this guy sounds so noble. But in reality, whenever a politician from the left or the right gets up and just starts throwing numbers like that out there, you know what they're doing? They are questioning our intelligence. And I don't like that. And I don't think you do either. Sounds noble, but what they're trying to say is no one's really going to go out there and do research and find out it's really living wage, not minimum wage. So let me show you some data. 
Let's take minimum wage and let's look at the top 10 cities in America to see how much buying power your $100 has in these different cities. I got the top 10 cheapest cities in America to live in, and I got the top 10 most expensive cities in America to live in. Let's take a look at the cheapest ones. Brownsville, Texas. Ready? $100 in Brownsville, Texas. To go buy what you buy with $100, the buying power in Brownsville, you only need $85 because the cost of living there is 14.9% below the market. So if you spend 100 somewhere, you only need 85 over here, okay? And then I have the income there. The average income is 34000 You know, the average home is $83,000. $15 an hour in Brownsville? You are doing good. You're okay, but not in a different city. So Oklahoma City is at 15.1, Jonesboro, Arkansas 15.5, Memphis 6.7, Knoxville 17.8, Wichita Falls 18.3. You see how this goes, 25, 21.4, Conway 21.8. Look at McAllen, Texas, 23.9%, your $100. The buying power to match $100, you need $76 in McAllen as you need $100. Meaning if you go to dinner, the cost, transportation, everything together, you would need $100. In McAllen, Texas, you only need $76. an hour in McAllen, Texas, you may be rolling. You may be having a comfortable life. But let's look at the top 10 most expensive cities in America. Ready? Number 10, San Diego. Cost of living, 46.1. You know what it means? $100 to go to a restaurant in San Diego, it's going to cost you $146.10. Average home value, 488. Big difference between 83 and 488. LA, 48%. Boston, 48. Seattle, 49. Oakland, 49.5. D.C., 55.7. Brooklyn, 82. $100. You need 182. Honolulu, 88.3. San Francisco, 92.9. Ready for Manhattan? That $100 dinner you want to go to in Manhattan is going to cost you $238.60. Let me say that one more time. That same $100 dinner is going to cost you $238.60. The average home value in Manhattan is $871,000. 10 times more than the one in Brownsville, Texas. So $15 an hour. What does it really mean in Manhattan? I thought these politicians were brilliant when they would get up and say, $15 an hour is going to make a big impact. Really? You know what the rent is in Manhattan? The minimum average rent is $4,500. And $59 a month. Let me say it again. $4,559 a month is rent. That's after taxes. That is nearly $60,000 just for rent after tax. Pre-tax is $100,000, give or take. To go grocery shop in Manhattan, 40% premium. Transportation is 30% higher than anywhere else. Movie tickets for you and your family, 50% higher. So how did they come up with this minimum wage number? Oh, it's just a guessing game. They're sitting there saying, what should I say from stage that's going to get the vote? Why don't you, you know, because there's more people that don't make a lot of money. Just talk about raising the minimum wage. You'll come across as noble and you care for people. You'll get elected. Brilliant idea. What number should I say? How about you say 12? Let's say 15. Let's be more aggressive. (gasps) That's awesome. Let's do it. I think we need to raise the minimum wage $15. What a noble human being. Let's make him our president. And people fall for it. We're going to raise the minimum wage to a living wage, 15 bucks an hour over the next few years. 
Who's to really benefit if we raise the minimum wage? You ready? You know how a lot of times you'll hear politicians say things like, Walmart, it's unfair what Walmart is doing. They're putting small business owners out of business. Really? Walmart's doing that? Amazon, it is unfair what Amazon is doing. They're putting so many small business owners. Roger's Bookstore went out of business. Johnny's Liquor Store went out of business. Bobby's Market went out of business because of Walmart and Amazon. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me ask you a real question here. Who can really afford to pay higher wages if they would have raised the minimum wage? Walmart <laughs> or Bobby's Market? Okay, Bobby's Market profits 10 grand in a month, 20 grand in a month. He can't afford to raise the minimum wage because he's out of business. He's in a small city. Walmart doesn't care. Every single time they raise the minimum wage, just so you know. Amazon, Walmart, Apple, Google, all these guys are sitting there saying, awesome, keep doing it. Because all these small business owners are going to go out of business and we get them all. Because we can afford to raise, because all we're going to do is what? You raise minimum wage, we do the basic math. This just dropped off our profits by 4%. Let's raise the cost of our product by 4%. We used to sell it for $120. Now let's sell it for $125. Thank you, politicians. You put out our competitions. You're the best. We love you so much. So don't be fooled by it next time when politicians say $15 for the people. $15 an hour is really for the big corporations. Very basic math. I'm not telling you anything that sounds out of the ordinary. That's just kind of how math works. So let's talk about the last one, market value. This is what I would like to see our leaders, politicians, people running, talk about more. What do I need to do to increase my market value? The word I would like to hold our politicians that are running for office accountable is not minimum wage. I want to hear your thoughts on living wage, I want to hear your thoughts on market value. So now you're asking, well, Pat, I want to increase my market value. What do I do? Eight things for you to consider. Number one, skills. When it comes down to skill set, you're going to be in four different categories, which means what? Anyone can do what you're doing, which means you're all the way at the bottom. <laughs> you're affected by minimum wage. Number two, only a few people can do what you do. You're pretty good at it, which means you get paid a little bit more. Top 1%, you're in the top 1%, which means you get paid good money. And then you're the best. When you're the best, guess what you do? You tell the market what to pay you because you are the best. Now, a lot of people would like to get paid what the top 1% gets paid or the best gets paid. You know what it takes? A lot of sacrifice, a lot of hours, a lot of dedication, a lot of time away from family, a lot of nights of working late, studying, trying to figure out a way to get better. No TV, none of this other stuff, taking care of your health, discipline. You know who likes doing that? Only the top 1%. So the top 1% gets paid what they get paid because they're willing to do what a few and anyone is not willing to do. Very simple. By the way, say you come to a restaurant for you and your husband, you and your wife, you and your boyfriend, girlfriend. You're willing to spend $200 for dinner. Are you okay if I'm winging the chicken and it's my first day making chicken or prime rib? I don't know how to really make a bone and rib by medium. I kind of can go medium well. I don't really know how long I should put it, flip it, seasoning. I don't know. I just put a bunch of salt on it. And I'm cooking it like anybody else. Are you okay spending $200 for an amateur like me? Your answer is what? No. Maybe you said, hell no. That's exactly the point. So minimum wage is set up for no reason. If you increase, you don't ever worry about things like this because in the marketplace, you're in the top 1%, the fewer the best. Now, number two, industry. Choose the right industry. A lot of people say noble industry. I want to go do this. I want to go do that. I get it. It's awesome. But if you become a school teacher teaching fine arts, don't expect to make a quarter million dollar your income. Okay? Unless if the dean is your dad. But if you want to try to do something that's going to make good money for you, you got to look at industries that you can use your talents, but it's got a bigger upside. Number three, 
avoid the passion drug. Let me explain what I mean by the passion drug. A lot of these motivational speakers, online people, chase your passion. Go after your passion. You should go after your passion. If you can do this with this, and if, listen, all good. I'm not saying anything about passion. I have a completely different mindset with passion. Let me explain to you what I mean by passion. To me, if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, you gotta have a game plan. This is my game plan. There's four C's you ought to go through in life. There's four 20-year terms in your life. The first 20 years is curiosity. Learn, go out there, see what people are like. Learn about different cultures, learn about different things. Learn, learn, learn. The first 20 years, you're curious. Next 20 years, career. Go into a career where you can make money. Money matters. Money matters a lot in life. Whoever tells you money doesn't matter, they are probably single with no kids, never been married, never owned a home before. Money is critical. The number one topic husband and wife argue once they have kids is money. So if you're single right now with no kids, you better realize you go on this hot date of yours with your girl and she looks amazing and you look hot, you got your six pack, I love her so much. You like that tiramisu? Let me put it in your mouth. Let's have wine. Do you want to go to my car? Oh my gosh, we made out. It was so good. Third base. I love her. Mom, dad, look at this girl. I love this girl. Here, all this other stuff. Boom, you get married. Who's paying a bill? Oh, well, my mom makes money and, and they have to pay for it and they covered it. Okay. Who's paying the rent? Who's paying the house? How about the debt? Sex was good, but she's pregnant. Ready? $250,000 per kid from zero to 18. Not including inflation. Okay. You want to go to birthday parties? You want to travel? How about honeymoon? I thought we were going to travel together. Oh my gosh, this thing's so expensive. Money matters. Money matters. Don't let anybody lie to you, okay? Money matters. The next 20 from 40 to 60, you can be creative because now you have flexibility. You have money. Hopefully, you've saved. You can be a little bit more flexible. You can be a little bit more different, right? And the last 20 is contribution. What do you want to do? Politics? Charity? Go work for UNICEF? You want to go travel the world? Go do it. Contribute as much as you want. Church? Any of this stuff. You now have done it properly. And when you talk about passion, you have no idea how many things I'm passionate about. But I can do it within my vision of the company I'm building. I don't have to leave that. Money matters. Life is expensive. Next point, number four, specialize. Don't generalize, specialize. Number five, entrepreneur. If you can find a company that you can work with internally, work your butt off, go above everybody else, ask for a piece of the company, profit share and equity, and you can be part of somebody you see that's running hard and somebody that you know that person's got a vision. They're working. They're going through it. They're like, I can just hang on to this person's coattail and make a lot of money. You ought to do it. So many times people want to start their own business. I tell them, why don't you go work with somebody and get a piece of what they're doing and ask them, what do I need to do? Become an entrepreneur. An alternative to being an entrepreneur. Tenure trap. Don't fall for this tenure trap. Well, you know, they've told me if I work for LAUSD for 10 years, I get this tenure benefit and they can't ever fire me and I'm just locked in but you're only making 47 grand a year. What are you doing? Don't fall for this 10-year trap deal that's gonna make a difference in your life at all. 10-year trap is the same trap as minimum wage trap. Don't fall for it. Number seven, value, 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 value. The more value you bring to the world, the more people wanna do for you. So the more value you bring, market value goes up. And last but not least, connections in your community. Listen, when you build a community and you have the right connections, that attracts money because your market value goes up. If you're rubbing elbows with the right people, somehow, someway, you end up doing business with them. Just today, I was speaking to a guy that runs one of the biggest speaking companies, meaning he works with all these guys that are speakers, right? And we started going through a list of people and speakers, and he gave me this name and that name and this name. How the hell did this guy make $1.9 billion? How did that guy make $2.2 billion? He was in the community when they started a company, and he was a guy that was there for the first seven years, and that's the piece. That's what, no way, yeah. Community, 
Connections. Get in the right community and connections and stick around, especially if the people are drivers there. Eventually, you're going to have your break. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five-star. Write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bidavid. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.